the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roscoe. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 56 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the devious formation of parent groups claiming to be for parental rights, but at their core... They are leftist wolves in sheep's clothing. That's right, George. You know, parents have caused a tidal wave in Virginia, and both political parties are taking notice. We saw the defeat of Terry McAuliffe there after parents uh, uh, took notice of what their kids were being told in the public schools. The, the parents' rights movement has been a grassroots um, movement that we POK has been part of and, yep. and, and, and witnessed. The only party listening to parents' voices, however, seems to be the Republican Party. So now Democrats have caught wind of that, and they're starting their own version of these grassroots organizations. But, George, parents need to be look at, on the lookout and not deceived, right? Amen, amen. You know, the, the battle cry for parental rights has been really an exclusive grassroots nonpartisan movement. Yeah. Um, and I remember when I started finding out about this stuff, I couldn't find parent groups. They, they just were non-existent. Um, and so, um, we started that. We did. <laughs> we started so many of them up and down the state of California. Uh, you know, eventually we were able to, you know, find pockets of parent groups in, in other places. This is started about four years ago. This is about four years ago. Um, and so uh, it, what's been very interesting for us, because we now have been part of that grassroots movement, we, we know how these parent groups usually get started, is a couple parents find out what's going on. Yeah. Usually at their school, something happened. Uh, they go and they do a bunch of research. They try to make a change. Their principal shuts them down. Their superintendent shuts them down. They might even go to the county board of education and they get shut down. And then they they become just outraged at what's going on. And then they start to research, research. They figure out what the teachers union's all about. They do all of that. And then they're like, you know what? We have to let other parents know. We have to organize. We have to organize. <clears throat> and so we've seen this just over and over and over kind of this blueprint that has happened well all over the country not just california all Never. over the country that is not what is happening with these new parent groups forming these new parent groups are not parent groups that are starting just like ours did they are the democrat party or people within the democrat party seeing what's happening on this side and saying we cannot let the Republican Party become the party of the parents. In fact, that statement is not something that I made. It's a statement from the former Obama deputy campaign manager, Stephanie Cutter, yeah. who mentioned this. I remember this. Yeah, after Yonkin's win in Virginia. So for the last four years, we've been seeing this. However, um, 
the leftist Democrat Party is trying to catch on uh, because it seems like at least from the, you know, over the last year, any gubernatorial election, any school board election has overwhelmingly gone in the favor of parents that have organized in their districts. Right. Yeah, it's mostly conservatives that are mostly showing up at these meetings. They're the ones who are upset about this. And, uh, George, you've done the research on this. This uh, actually surprised me that these uh, uh, leftist grassroots organizations were were cropping up, but they're led by some pretty powerful people, right? So maybe oh, yeah. not so grassroots. And they have some mantras and common themes, don't they? They, they sort of tout the same party line. Correct. Yes. So um, I'll just mention the, the, the common themes here for parents to just be on the lookout. Um, and then we'll dive into the names of these organizations and who they were started by. So first, because of the outrage and the anger that parents like us typically express, um, they train their members to keep your cool Empathy is the superpower. So basically, you know, you want to come across as the mature adult, right. uh, supportive of your locally elected officials, and you're there to, you know, the voice of reason, the, the voice of reason, the rule of law, even though they don't care about the laws. Now, one of I think the the key things that they point out, besides keep your cool on empathy, is most of these groups have started as a result of anti book bans. Yeah. Because parents like us go to school boards and they probably most of, you know, a lot of their experiences might be from a book their child was told to read. Correct. Or a book they discovered in their child's library. Yeah. Right. So now the strategy is they're teaching Democrats uh, to go in and say we're anti-book bans. Well, of course. I mean, any reasonable person would be anti-book bans. Yeah, these bans. are sort of code words. These are code words. You know, I I came from communist Romania where books were banned all the time. Even the Bible was banned. We smuggled in Bibles by the hundreds of thousands. Right. Um, and so we we definitely are not for banning books. What parents like us go and state is this is an inappropriate book to be in my child's elementary school or in my child's junior high school or sometimes even in a high school. Correct. It's inappropriate. That's right. Uh, and we have many, many examples of those kinds of books. It, exactly. So they are trying to uh, have their public messaging campaign um, in a very discreet way, This right. saying that they're anti-book bans. Um, the other thing that I've seen is that they are pro-critical race theory and – they say that unapologetically because they they have looked at what's happened in America and in our school boards across the country where parents have become unglued because of critical race theory. Yeah. And they teach their, you know, these parent groups to say, but, you know, but they call it ethnic studies or culturally appropriate curriculum. So they've recognized that CRT is a trigger word. So they're teaching these parents to, to go up and say, not that we're pro-CRT, but that we are pro-culturally appropriate curriculum. Well, interestingly enough, George, as you well know, uh, California California legislature did the same thing. I mean, uh, the, a bill was passed a couple of years ago requiring 
that critical race theory be taught to graduate from high school, but they don't call it critical race theory. They call it ethnic studies. Exactly. Here's the other two things that they are pro. They are pro-social emotional learning. And we've talked about social emotional programming as replacement parenting. And they're also pro trans kids in sport. Here are a couple organizations. The first one that I'll mention here is called Red Wine and Blue. Now, where does that name come from? <laughs> it's interesting. It's supposed to be red, white, and blue for the flag, right? Ah. But red wine and blue, uh, it tells you where these people's minds are at. Yeah. Uh, in the gutter, all about alcohol. Um, but they uh, they label themselves as PTA moms and digital divas. Uh, this group was actually started uh, back in 2018, 2019 uh, by a actually a very politically involved uh, mom in Washington, D.C., uh, who now lives in uh, the Cleveland suburbs of, of Shaker Heights okay. with her husband and two children. Uh, but she spent a decade in Washington, D.C., working for liberal political causes. Again, these are not parents like us who have never been involved in politics, uh, who she she saw what's going on. She's been very politically active. She was involved with Media Matters at one time, right? Correct. Very powerful uh, organization that monitors conservative media for misinformation. So she started Red Wine and Blue shortly after the 2018 midterms, uh, which brought out a record year for female candidates uh, to focus on Ohio and then expanded the group nationally in 2021 as a result of all of the CRT stuff that's going on in the school boards. Um, but this group has embraced a kind of a low-key vibe, uh, not political, no problem. In fact, it's perfect. This is what they say. Uh, that's what the banner on the website reads, and they have the tagline, Channeling the Power of Suburban Women. And the group tries to foster the kind of political discussion women might have over a glass of wine with friends. Um, it also has a podcast, just like we do, yep. the, the Suburban Woman Podcast. But their guests are pretty powerful and well-known people, even uh, Chastin Budicic was there, who is the partner of the transportation <laughs> secretary. Yeah. Uh, so a presidential really, candidate and may do so again at some point. Yeah. So really, really powerful people. But one of the things that this organization has done is that they have published a playbook, playbook of how to fight back against parents like us who've um, been you know, overwhelmingly springing up left and right across the country. And the, the left doesn't know how to um, fight back against this assault. Red, Wine, and Blue uh, is providing the game plan on on how to fight back. And they're really sticking to the key mantras and common themes that I had mentioned beforehand. Um, and you can read it over a nice glass of Merlot, I suppose. Huh? I guess. Um, so parents, please be on the lookout. They are opening up chapters everywhere. In fact, I was talking to one of our partners in Virginia since I, I had not known about this group yet, although I had made the prediction in one of our podcasts. I remember that. Uh, right after Youngkin's victory, and I said, watch, the left is going to start creating parent groups. And here we are four or five months later. They heard you, George. Yes. They said, hey, that's a good idea. We need to do that. <laughs> so um, actually, one of our partners out in Virginia said that they already see this organization. So they're uh, showing up. 
they are showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm not surprised why Virginia, because Paris, one of the co-founders, was playing in that field for well over a decade uh, in Washington, D.C., so I'm sure she has a lot of connections there. Now, George, do you think this has anything to do with the midterm elections that are coming up shortly here? I mean, we pointed out earlier in this discussion that um, they don't want the Republican Party to be the party of parents. So I would say 100 percent yes, because when you're going to look at the platforms of the two parties, one of the parties has clearly come out as pro-parental rights. Now, Democrats will say that that's just a euphemism for, you know, anti-gay, anti-LGBT, anti-transgender. But they recognize that parental rights is such a powerful phrase that they need to somehow put it onto their platform. And then how do you back that up? You need to have logos of 100 organizations that have the word parent in them or something like that. So they're they're changing the entire narrative. They are getting out ahead of the election. Correct. So they are trying their hardest. So parents be on the lookout. I just like I've predicted, I will say it again. You will start seeing organizations like this that, that are coming out with a pro parental rights message. But. That's all it is. It's on the surface. They're trying just to use the same words to deceive parents at the ballot box. And red, wine, and blue is not the only one that we're aware of, right? There's uh, another one in Florida called the Florida Freedom to Read Project. I mean, who doesn't want to read? Who doesn't want to organize that? Exactly. So a lot of these organizations are about anti-book banning. So they don't want to ban books But the books that we're talking about are so inappropriate. Um, One of these books is called Gender Queer, uh, which is a memoir uh, of a of a child going, you know, through transition. That's targeted to children, by the way, and it is targeted for children. So the Florida Freedom to Read Project um, was started by Jen Cousins, an Orange County mother of four, Orange County, Florida, Orange County, Florida. Uh, She co-founded the Florida Freedom to Read Project after the district leadership in Orange County pulled the memoir, Gender Queer, from school libraries to be reviewed. Cousins' second born is non-binary and relates to the book. Cousins said the book's parents have called inappropriate at school board meetings center on the LGBTQ plus community and people of color. So you have to bring that in. You have to always bring that in. It gives you substance. And so now they say when you censor books with themes like these, these these books are lifesavers to some people. Not everybody comes from an accepting or inclusive family. Um, Meaning conservative families. Yes. Now, another organization, and interestingly enough, I, I was shocked at how many are in Florida. Um, and it looks like they, there is an attempt, especially because there is such a huge parental rights uh, grassroots movement in Florida, there there should be now yeah, you know, so this a pushback. Learned, right. So in Sarasota, Florida, there is a group called Support Our Schools, and uh, they've officially become a 501c3. They have a website, uh, and they say that our mission is to organize, educate, and empower parents and community members to defend public schools in the United States while being mindful of how our differences can unite us. Okay. This reminds me of uh, Biden's uh, platform, right? I'm going to unite the nation. Let's 
overcome our differences. Um, I thought a house divided cannot stand. Exactly. Here they're saying our differences can unite us. Interesting. So this is a response again to parent groups like POK uh, who were tired of public schools overreach in in Sarasota, Florida, uh, and they are especially focused on the banning of books. So they're uh, they're anti book bans. Um, another uh, another parent association. This is in Texas, in Austin, Texas, Round Rock. Black Parents Association. Now, wait a minute, George. I thought Texas was a conservative bastion that uh, was immune from uh, uh, threats from uh, leftist parent groups. I guess not. Nope. This is all over the country. And so for people and parents who are moving to conservative states like Texas and Florida and Idaho and Tennessee, watch out. These people are there as well. Um, and so Mino McNary is a member of the Round Rock Black Parents Association. Uh, they're based about 20 miles outside of Austin, Texas. This association was founded in 2015 after a black teenager was slammed to the ground by a police officer, but more recently became active in diversifying the curriculum and fighting efforts to remove books. So here's another strategy. Same, same thing. Yes. Here's what, here's what else you're going to start to see. The red, wine, and blue, the Sarasota, the Support Our Schools, uh, the Florida Freedom to Read Project, these are very new organizations that are starting up because of what they've seen happening. Mm -hmm. Now what I also started to see, that there are parent groups that have been around maybe for a longer time that were dealing with other issues that are pivoting to this parental rights issue and bringing in... People of color, diversity, anti-racism, you know, DEI stuff, all of that. Very interesting. So Round Rock Black Parents Association is one of those. And here's what they were doing. They moved into the book banning space. Last year, a parent's objection led to Round Rock School District officials considering whether stamped racism, anti-racism, and you by Ibrahim X. Kandi, who we've mentioned a lot. How to be an anti-racist. Yeah. So he wrote this book called Stamped, which is initially for adults, but then they have a version for kids Mm -hmm. that's in public school libraries today. So the Round Rock School District uh, was looking at, you know, reviewing it and seeing if this should be taken off the middle school reading list. So this Round Rock Black Parents Association worked with middle school teachers, started a petition that gained a lot of traction with more than a 1,000 signatures. The district followed a three-step review process culminating with a school board vote during which McNary and others helped organize people into writing letters, turning up for the board meetings, and telling others about the book. They, the board ended up voting in favor of the book. Wow. And the book is still there. Okay, so they're getting results, these organizations. These organizations are starting to get results. And an interesting thing that I heard from our parent partners in Virginia is that there is another large national organization called Moms Demand Action, mm. which has been around for a long time that has been focused on gun control. Yeah. They are now starting to pivot into this arena 
as well. So parents, please be on the lookout. Do your research. Understand what these organizations are all about, who they're being funded by, because this money is coming from some deep pockets. And one interesting book publishers. Like book publishers. So the CEO of Penguin Random House, Marcus Dole, has said that he will personally donate $500,000 for a book defense fund to be run in partnership with Penn. Penn America is an organization that's been around from the 1920s that is all about um, you know authors, very well-known authors who are on their board of trustees. These are like the greats, like Maya Angelou and like other people of, of that stature. Now these CEOs are coming out and are willing to put in hundreds of thousands of dollars towards these kind of uh, actions that these parent groups now that are forming can benefit from. In fact, they call them emergency donations. Correct. So how do you detect the wolves in sheep's clothing and not be deceived? Do your homework. Got to do our homework. Find their connections to other organizations. Be mindful of their vocabulary. They usually like to use words like safe, inclusive, rights, equity, equitable, uh, all of those kind of things. Um, So here are some other things to note on how to provide counterpoints. So instead of book bans, we need to consider constantly mentioning the point that we want age-appropriate books in our libraries. What a concept. Yes. And that means that explicit sexual content, pornography, pedophilia, etc., is not allowed. And so here is one of the interesting things that I've also seen is that most of these organizations have a target. And the number one target that they constantly talk about is Moms for Liberty. Moms for Liberty is an organization that was uh, started uh, fairly recently. They have grown astoundingly to 172 chapters across 33 states just in the last two years. Um, And so uh, Deskovich, uh, who is one of the founders, um, constantly tries to educate these 172 chapters on how to talk back against these book bans that Red Wine and Blue and other organizations uh, try to reframe uh, in their arguments. So parents, please, please, please be on the lookout. Do not be deceived. The Democrat Party wants to become the party of the parents. So they will try uh, coming up to these midterm elections to try and bring up as many parent groups and logos uh, behind their banner. So we, we kindly invite you to Visit our website, please, protectourkidsnow.org. Please sign up to our biweekly blog. You will get a lot of really good information. You can listen to our podcast. Uh, Invite Mark and I to come and speak to your church or to your local parent groups. We will uh, gladly teach you um, our playbook, our tactics, and we kindly invite you to prayerfully consider donating to our cause. We need your support to keep this ministry going. George, thank you so much for taking the time to research this very important topic. Uh, parents, I hope you paid close attention and that you will take appropriate action. That's all the time we have for today. We'll see you next week. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.